0: hi there everybody it's leslie jane seymour and thank you for joining us on reinvent yourself and i have got somebody today who is you know when i can find those women who not only have reinvented themselves but are creating platforms for other women to reinvent themselves that's really cool i love the fact that there's like a duo nature to some of these things and today we are speaking to fran pastori who runs an organization called WBDC, which is the Women's Business Development Council. She happens to be in Connecticut, but she can direct women, as you'll hear in our conversation, to all different places in your states that can help you the way that she helps uh, women in Connecticut. Um, and she's in the business of helping entrepreneurs and um, women who need education find those tools because of her own reinvention, and she'll explain that to us. And I just can't wait to introduce you to a very generous, lovely, kind, thoughtful, and empowering person, and her name is Fran Pastori. So I want to welcome the wonderful Fran Pastori from WBDC. Fran, how are you?
1: I'm well today, Leslie. How are you?
0: Good, I'm so glad we finally got you. It has taken a long time. It it
1: has, thank you so much.
0: We have known each other for quite a while and Fran's story is so wonderful of how she has reinvented herself and is how she's helping other women reinvent themselves that I... I really wanted to catch up with you and and find the time. So talk a little bit about yourself and like where you grew up, where you, what you started doing, and then how did you end up reinventing yourself at WBDC? Because that is your baby.
1: Mm -hmm. So I think I probably would start, you know, you asked about where I grew up and I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. And I think you know this, Leslie, because we've talked about it for a while And a very provincial Italian household. Um, and that kind of shaped a lot of my world view of myself, um, but at the same time, it also gave me the um, the, the space to think about women uh, and economic empowerment from a very very early age. Um, and so I I think that my reinvention came out of much earlier age. And I think most of my, most of the women that I am seeing today. Uh,
0: and when you say that, do you mean that you saw women around you in that, uh, sort of Italian neighborhood who were unempowered, who should have been empowered or who were empowered? What, what do you mean?
1: Exactly. I saw women that were completely disempowered ah. and, al- and allowed themselves to be disempowered and unempowered because of their complete and total dependency on a male. Um, in particular, in my own household, my, my aunts, two aunts lived with us. My father basically took care of them um, their whole life. And so they had very limited uh, choices. They had very little ambition of their own. And the world, their world was very, very small. And so what I watched happen was every time um, life happened to them, they had very limited capacity to deal with it, not only economically, but emotionally and physically. Very, very little e- capacity. And so therefore everything was handled in, um, it was more like crisis management. right? And so I watched this and I thought, oh my God, this this is, and by the way, the whole neighborhood was like that. The yes. whole neighborhood was like that. And so I set a goal for myself um, that I really wanted to get out of there. I think I might've, you know, in some of our very exciting conversations that we had, I think I might have shared with you that my mom was the youngest of sixteen.
0: Oh my goodness! No, I don't remember that. Sixteen.
1: Yes. So if so wow, can, I, can you imagine? That's they, amazing. Yes, it it it's it's kind of like unbelievable, right? My so my grandmother was and e was empowered because she came over here from Italy as a young woman with no money and somehow managed to, she was industrious. She bought houses, she knitted, she crocheted, she sold her stuff. And then she gave birth to these, these 16 kids and four of them were girls and all of them were dependent on my father, which always struck me as just so remarkable. And so um, that really is what inspired me to want to um to leave the nest, if you will, leave, leave the shtetl, you know? Right. Um, and so I mentioned that she was one of 16 because if you can imagine how many cousins I have.
0: Oh, I'm my the only goodness.
1: one, I'm the only one to go to college.
0: Oh my goodness, incredible. Did they get crazy? Why would you do that?
1: Oh, they were crazy. My mom actually, um, and I and I commuted to school. My mom stopped talking to me when I went to college.
0: Oh and, my, I'm sorry. And,
1: And her exact words were, why are you doing this to me? Why? Yeah. yeah, Why can't you be like the other girls in the neighborhood? And so I feel like part of my um, you know, and then I uh, then I went on to get married at a very early age because of the family pressure I had to get married. Um, And then I got divorced at a very early age of 32. And that's really where I think my reinvention took place. Okay. Um. And if I could jump off from that point yep. with your yep. guidance, and um, so so here I was, you know, I went to college, I got a job, um, on Wall Street. I ended up um, got got married very young, had a baby at 27, had a second baby at 31, and then found myself divorced with these two little girls by the right. time I was 32 years old, and that's really right. weird. That's really where my story begins, I believe, because I had the information that I needed, uh, and what turned into a passion, right? Economic equity for women and economic self-reliance for women. That became my passion for two reasons. One, I grew up with these aunts that were completely reliant on my on my father. Right. Um, I saw the neighborhood the same way. Right. And then here I was, you know, quit my job in the city to have these these two children who I loved and adored and now really had no way to support myself. Um, and so pursuing the, the the passions that I always had about around women, around um, being a feminist myself, I just was an unempowered feminist because I grew up where you didn't talk, you didn't make your voice heard. I had a lot to say and a lot of opinions, and I was always being said, told, you shouldn't say that. Don't act like that. And so here I was now, um, 32, a two-year-old and a five-year-old. Wow. Um, not a lot of financial resources because we, uh, when, you're, when you're dealing with mental illness for decades, um, my ex-husband on his part, you exhaust all of your resources. And so didn't have a lot of resources, but what I had was an incredible number of highly educated, very successful girlfriends. And that would be That'll be one of my takeaways in our conversation today is how you surround yourself when you're reinventing yourself. How and why you surround yourself with people who have skills and knowledge that you don't. Everybody has strengths. And it's so important to surround yourself with your own quasi board of directors, as I say. Right. And so um, in thinking about how I was going to align my passion um, with finding this, reinventing myself, I learned that I focused in on what my skills were. And, um, what I realized in doing some research was I actually found out that Connecticut was the only state in the country that did not have a resource to help women start and scale businesses. And it was at that moment in my life that I realized, wow, I could do this. I have the passion. I have the organizational skills that one needed. I didn't have a handful of the other skills that I needed. In particular, I didn't have good financial acumen. I hadn't gone to business school. But I had so many people around me that had those skills. And so at that moment, and that's kind of how entrepreneurs are born. And this kind of brings me to my second takeaway for our listeners is that you you may set out to reinvent yourself in one way. In my case, it was, I never thought I could start a business, but I accidentally became an entrepreneur because my passion and my interest happened to align with a need in the community in which I lived. And so that is really how entrepreneurs are born. So that, that would be my second takeaway is expect the unexpected. As you are searching for that next move in your transition, don't think that everything is going to be so black and white, and don't think that the path you set out on is going to be the path that you end up um, moving forward with.
0: Um, so, talk about WBDC. You created the whole idea, and it was the only state that didn't yes. have resources for specifically for female entrepreneurs.
1: Exactly. So, you when know, was no, this?
0: What year was that?
1: Well, this this started in. When I when I discovered this, it was 1995. So 1995, right? So, a quick quick history lesson. Thirty years ago, next month. Legislation was passed in the United States Congress that gave women the right to secure capital without a male cosigner for the first time in our nation's history.
0: So that was November, no, October of uh,
1: 1988.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Okay.
1: It's a little known fact. The name of the law is called HR 5050. 5050 is kind of a double entendre, right? To yes. envision leveling the scales, if you will. Yes. And so so what happened was um, that a group of women way back in the early eighties were looking at what um, what the economic impact of women business owners was on our national economy. What kind of clout did women really have? And they discovered that there was no information on women entrepreneurs and they set out to get that data. And when they conducted their research, they learned that one of the reasons, one of the biggest obstacles to success for women entrepreneurs was limited access to capital, limited access to marketing management Um, and financial um, resources, right? Right. And um, so they said, okay, how do we fix this? And they lobbied Congress to create what's now called the Office of Women's Business Ownership. And the purpose of the Office of Women's Business Ownership is to provide seed funding to small businesses or organizations and institutions that provide education, training, mentoring, and networking to women entrepreneurs to help them overcome those obstacles that were identified in that study. So in 1988, the federal government said, okay, um, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, okay, for lack of a better term, we are going to launch, we are gonna invest in a series of organizations around the country, they release an RFP, all the states that responded to the RFP got some seed funding to start organizations like WBDC. In Connecticut, fast forward 10 years, I'm sorry, um, when I say 1995, eight years later, seven or eight years later, Connecticut still had not accessed those dollars. And so that's when I said, we need this, it doesn't exist. Maybe we could access those dollars. And that's where your quasi board of directors comes in handy, right? So I surround myself with women who have experience in the space of women, who have experience in the space of higher education, who have political experience, because I had no idea how to go after the federal government or how to pursue the federal government to secure capital for this endeavor. And in 1997, by 1997, we formed a corporation, um, applied for nonprofit status, and received it, and then responded to the annual RFPs that were out there to provide funding to start these educational organizations in every state of the country.
0: And so that's how you got started.
1: That's how we got started. That's how I reinvented myself, never ever thinking that that would happen.
0: And so now that was Women's Business Development Council?
1: Yep, the Women's Business Development Council was born in 1997, 21 years ago.
0: Wow. Okay, and how has that proceeded? Um, Because now where do you get funding from and what do you actually do? Talk about the number of women you've run through things. I know I've been to a couple of your terrific workshops. I've spoken at them. I've also gotten help from some of the women at your place and men Mm -hmm. who are fabulous um, at helping direct New entrepreneurs because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> yes, <and> you do. <laughs> I'm getting there slowly. But they were really fabulous and it was wonderful because I could go up there for like, you know, 90 minutes and someone would spend time with me or someone would look at my, uh, my financials to say I needed a bookkeeper. How much would that cost? Um, what, what kind of bookkeeper do I need? I don't even know what I'm doing, you know, so I have accessed your wonderful services, but explain all of what you do.
1: Sure. So the whole idea behind the work that we do, and by the way, every state in the country has at least one organization that, um, that provides these services to women entrepreneurs. So regardless of what state you're in and wherever anybody is listening from, um, you can access um, services like those that WBDC provides. Here,
0: are they called WBDW no. for Washington or no, do they have, no? No, no W
1: for women, w Okay. For women. But no, they are not. Every one of us is a standalone organization. Um, I can actually send you the link. You might, maybe you want to post it, but I can send you but, the link that you can look at whatever state you're in, you can find services like this.
0: What is the place that people go, Fran, to look for the place in their state, then is it a general it's, number?
1: It's you no know, it's the Small Business Administration's website. Oh, it, it's well hidden. So I'll send the link off.
0: Okay, but just so my listeners know. Yes. Um, okay, yes. so we'll post it on the link notes with our um, discussion here. Okay. But if
1: you, if somebody wanted to Google it, you would Google SBA Women's Small, small women's Business
0: Association. Okay.
1: Yes, the Small Business Administration Women's Business Program. Right. And that'll list to you okay. list for the list. And all right. Send all us things.
0: the link. I'll include I it.
1: Yeah, I will. Okay. okay so right. talk
0: about what you do. So
1: it's, it's education, training, counseling, networking, everything that you need, everything that women need to navigate the ecosystem of becoming an entrepreneur. So I like to think of our services as a martini glass. Right. And at the very top of the martini glass, you have our flagship program, which is a 13 week program for women that are in the startup phase or women that have been in business, but really never took the time to put a business plan together. They really don't understand how to read their financial statements. They really never came up with a marketing plan. And so this 13 week course is taught by um, an MBA who's a former entrepreneur herself. Um, and throughout the class, the class meets three hours a week for 13 weeks, and it comes with all kinds of one-on-one coaching, um, and mentoring. Now, not everything that you need to know to start a business or to really put your business in order can be, can be provided in 13 weeks over 13, three hour sessions. So in addition to that, I'd like to say, I'm kind of making my way down the martini glass. You can enter, for example, you can come to a workshop where you might cover one workshop in that 13 week program on financials and how to read your financial statements. But that may for those of us that are, you know, math challenged, that yes. may, that may <laughs> not they just that just might not be enough time for you. Right. Right. So, so why not come to a three session program with the CPA who's going to sit down with you and say, OK, this is called a balance sheet. This is the purpose of balance sheet serves. And now I'm going to tell you how you read the balance sheet, how you use it to make strategic decisions around your business. This is cash flow. This is how, this is what the cash flow does for us. This is how you use that document. Here's how you prepare that document. Right down to that bottom of that martini glass. And we're only on the financial topic right now, right? Right down to the bottom of that martini glass where we are going to help someone get their chart of accounts set up on QuickBooks. We're going to help people, wow. yeah, we're going to help you create a personal budget, okay? What do I need to leave my job? You know, I've been making these um, Perfect. Yeah, so you're so there's it's the whole gamut and at any point you could come in to that martini glass and get what you need whether it's the one-on-one, regardless of how finite or how broad it is, you're going to get the service that you need for the stage in business that you're at. Right. Now, one point to be really clear about is that we're not, no one's going to do the work. No one's going to do the work for you here. Right. And you have to do the work yourself. We're going to give you the tools that we have. We're going to give you as much guidance we have, but we're not going to write the business plan for you. And we're definitely not going to uh, manage your QuickBooks for you.
0: Right. Right. So talk about the number of women who've gone through your program and the types of women you've helped because uh, I know it's quite a broad range and it's really amazing.
1: Say that again, I'm sorry.
0: What types of women have you um, helped? What kind of businesses have you helped and some of the numbers?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, just, just a little snapshot, right? In the past year, um, uh, in the past 12 months, we worked with about 760 clients from 103 of Connecticut's 169 cities and towns. Wow. We believe that of those 300 of those 760 clients that we helped create or support about 350 businesses. Wow. 975 jobs either created or retained because a lot of these businesses are coming to us when they might be in crisis mode. Right. You know, especially after uh, the last recession, you know, we were working with people to help keep their business open and help them retain the employees that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the ways we do that is by working with the state of Connecticut. The state has, um, just like New York state and many, many other states, um, have programs to help companies retain employees or hire their first employees, uh, their first employee. So we work with our, our clients and business owners to help them access those programs that they may or may not be aware of. But what I love, the best statistic that I that I'm happy about is that our clients in the last 12 months produced nearly fifty nine million dollars in total revenue.
0: Wow. Holy moly. Good for you, you.
1: Thank you. And when you do the math there, which I don't have in front of me, um, but when you do the math and you think about the kind of tax dollars that that generates to a state, mm-hmm. especially in a state of you know, the state of Connecticut, where mm-hmm. you know, these are tough times for us. Mm -hmm. um so those are some those are some that's great yeah the majority of our clients are already established which means they've been in business for a minimum of three years right so there you have it so
0: talk about your own personal rewards um reinventing yourself and talk about what's rewarding and talk about what's scary
1: so what's rewarding is First of all, working with the women that I work with at WBDC, the people that we employ and the contractors that and consultants that work for us. Um, you know, we are a passionate group of women. And to work here, you have to be passionate. You have to be passionate. Uh, and, and then watching watching them deploy themselves around the state to work with women from all walks of life and all socioeconomic backgrounds. Um, that is the most rewarding thing. And just when I read these statistics to you, which, you know, is that's all, huge. Yeah. It's, it's it's such an incredible feeling to be out and about and have someone say, I met you seven years ago, or I met you 15 years ago when you were just starting out and you helped me grow my business. My, that's great. You know, my daughters were in nursery school then, and and now my business is 15 years old and I have four employees and it's just such a, an incredible thing to realize that you impacted someone's life, yes, in such a meaningful way, and and help them achieve their goals and their dreams. Um, the challenge, you know, you mentioned earlier. Um, you mentioned earlier, where does the funding come from, right? So, yes. So, so the Small Business Administration provides us mm-hmm. with that seed funding, still till this day. But in order to operate, in order to run a small business in Connecticut. Um, it requires more than seed funding, and so part um, our, our budget is over two million dollars today, which I never thought I would ever see.
0: And uh-huh.
1: and it you know while we are a small business, we are still a nonprofit, which comes with its own unique set of circumstances. Right. So the majority of our funds, the funding that we raise, comes from corporations. Um, who want to invest in women entrepreneurs. Yes. And and I will tell you that until this new women's movement or the Me Too movement was unleashed two years ago, which I believe was the greatest gift that we ever received from this administration, Uh um, it has helped us tremendously in that more and more women want to help other women empower themselves. And they want to put their money where their mouth is. So more and more women are writing checks to the organization, which are tax deductible. More and more women are mentoring as volunteers. More women are coming to us to teach and coach our clients. so the last two years have been um, remarkable growth for us and an opportunity for us to Increase our revenues, hence expand our services. So just about two months ago, we opened up another office in Connecticut, a third office in Connecticut, in New London, Connecticut. But the, the fact is, the, despite all of that, um, the biggest challenge as a small business owner is always going to be cash flow. And so yes. third, a third point that I would make as you reinvent yourself Regardless of whether you are in business for yourself or you are transitioning into a new role or a new job, whatever that transition looks like for you, my um, best advice would be, and WBDC could help with this, and by the way, our services are, are, are nominal or free, we have on site a personal financial um, expert, and that person is 100% dedicated, she's here four days a week to helping people that are in transition, whether they are between jobs or they're, they're women listening to to our podcast today or they're thinking about starting their own business, get your personal financial house in order, whether you are in business for yourself or whether you are looking to you know make a move in, in, the, um, in the private sector. And I say that because economic self-reliance Is the best gift you can get to yourself yes and if you have children to your children right and so for me the cash flow issue as a business owner or as as running a business remains the single biggest source of stress so planning whether it's business in business or in your personal life planning to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success we we cannot ever avoid pitfalls but we can Men and we can never plan necessarily for the completely unexpected, but we can mitigate the risks that come with some of those unexpected um, opportunities or challenges, I should say.
0: And so, on a personal level, though, how do you think you're going to reinvent yourself again, or do you do you think this is it for you, or are you a serial reinventor, or?
1: So it's such a great question. Um, you know, W. have been at WBDC, it's, you know, 21 years. I think it's, it's, there's always an opportunity for a change, um, for change. Right. Uh, I think change is good for all of us. Right. I think, and I think it's good for the businesses or the organizations we run. That said, um, my goal right now is... Um, to think about the next iteration of my career with or without WBDC. And so right. what I'm doing is I'm working on um, opportunities for me to get out of my comfort zone by doing more public speaking, by taking on opportunities to raise the WBDC brand, by leveraging my own um, my my own thought leadership, if you will.
0: Right. And, and
1: we'll see what direction that goes. But But I do think that there's another opportunity out there for me. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I'm forcing myself, and this will be my last point um, for our listeners, is to get out of your comfort zone. I'm not sure what the next iteration looks like for me. I do believe that someone else needs to take the helm of WBDC in the future. But I'm not necessarily ready for that next iteration. But how how can I leverage my brand and WBDC's brand to make sure that if and when I do leave WBDC, the organization, the company, is in the best place that it could be, with or without me.
0: Right, right, and that's a natural um, sort of life cycle of a business, anyway. Mm-hmm. And these things get to a certain level where you have it because somebody no, else so has to come and see it. Oh, all right. Start that thought over again. Yeah, so. um, the. I think that's a natural cycle of business where you see um, people start a business and then they nurture it and then there's another phase of it, maintaining it or growing it. That's sometimes a different kind of personality or you need a different vision to come in and, and grab it and work with it. It's very hard. That's, I mean, it's. I think I find it just working on one business for three years. <laughs> it's hard to see anything yes. at all, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. So awesome, Fran. And um, talk a little bit just before we close because you've already given the points. I was going to ask you for the points, but you. um, you've given them within. You're such a – everybody I talk to for, for uh, the Covey Club, no matter what it is, they're all such overachieving women that they always they always do all of the homework and give all of the answers before you're even ready for it. It's very funny. It's a certain type. So um, I appreciate you you know coming on and talking about that. But do you want to just give one or two ideas of the kinds of businesses that you've helped women develop, just so people have an idea? I think you had somebody in a class that I took, and she was working on a small food business, I believe. I mean, it can be that kind of thing. There were people doing publishing things. Just give an idea of the spread because it's quite diverse.
1: It's so diverse. Um, You know, we have women that are, you know, that are stay-at-home moms that want to send their kids to college and their businesses are home-based businesses and they may be making $25,000 a year. And then we have women, 18% of our clients are making uh, their gross revenues are over a million dollars a year. So wow, it's everything in between, right? So one of my favorites, and I'm really excited about this because Leslie, you're going to be coming, you're going to be attending our gala yes. on October 12th, and you'll yes. hear from you'll hear from one of my favorite clients. She came to us four years ago with an idea for a food truck. Five years later, we are just we just helped her get the financing to open up a bricks and mortar um, restaurant.
0: Wow, we're so, awesome. I'm so
1: excited and so proud of her. And as I'm telling you that, I'm getting goosebumps. So, I have a, you know, we have another client who we have interior designers, we have architects, we have framers, we have someone who, um, oh my God, her, her work is so beautiful. She uh, takes photographs of um, a game, I guess, I don't know how to describe it really, on safari, you know, animals you would yes. like on safari. And she mounts them on not glass, but this metal.
0: Oh, and they're unbelievably
1: frameless, and she's got a gallery in in Stanford in the South End. Wow. Um, we have another woman who um, we have estheticians, we have IT people, we have. Wow. I mean, it just runs the gamut. It's okay. It just runs the gamut. Beautiful stuff. Really great stuff.
0: Now, can people come to you? if they are, have been out of the workforce for a while and are trying to figure out how to get back in, that seems to be a big issue as well.
1: You know, it's, it's a tremendous issue. And it was something that we, um, you know, we have three pillars of service, entrepreneurial training, professional, I'm sorry, entrepreneurial training, access to capital and um, personal finance, right? And professional development was something that we used to offer a lot of and then the need just seemed to die off oh and we weren't seeing a lot of people come in that said um we do have a um a coach one of our business counselors happens to be also a, a career coach who's on staff and uh carol would be happy to sit with people for an hour to help them uh you know free of charge through that transition so i would recommend if anybody's interested you know go to our website And Carol's background is actually in the food industry, but she also is a uh, certified career coach. Awesome. Yeah. So if anybody wants to call, that would be fine.
0: So would they go to WBDC.com?
1: It's CTWBDC.org.
0: Ah, CTWBDC.org. Correct. And if they're from another state, is that okay also? Or they have to be from Connecticut?
1: No. We... we, um, work with women from other States, but I could also recommend to them when they do call, or I'm gonna send you the link for your website. So for example, we have a sister organization in White Plains, New York, um, and there's a lot of crossover between our clients. That said, women from other parts of the country could access their local women's business center Um, That it does not have the same name as ours, but we're. I see. So I will send you that link as well. Great. Okay, I'll put
0: that in the notes. Fran, thank you so much for your time today and for all you do for women. It is completely amazing. I've always admired what you've done. You've introduced me to a handful of amazing women, and I've used your resources, and they've been hugely helpful for me. I am not a an A plus. Person in finance. <laughs> and so it has been really helpful. And the women um, who you work with, oh my God, they are so funny. I have to tell you funny, smart, lovely, just like you. And you must just have such a rock and riot time in that office. That's all I can say.
1: We have a lot of fun.
0: So thank you for being here today. And thanks for being on Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: And congratulations to you, Leslie, for the work you are doing. For women, uh, to help them find their way and their reinvention, and you're the rock star. And congratulations for you to taking for taking this leap in your career journey to transition yourself to some to new greatness.
0: Thank you.
1: Okay, take care.
0: So I want to thank you all for being here today on Reinvent Yourself. This has been Leslie Jane Seymour. I'm the co-founder of Covey Club. I'm the founder of Covey Club. Why did I say co-founder? That's so hilarious. I'm looking for a co-founder if somebody knows one. I need a business partner. So send them my way if you find them. That's probably what was on my mind. And I want to thank you for being here. And if you like these Covey casts and if you like the Reinvent Yourself Uh, podcast I would love it if you would give us a five star rating or you can give us any star rating that you want but five would be nice Um, because that's the way that other people will find us they can't find us if we don't get rated so please rate us uh, tell us what you think and please come back and pass this along to other women who you think might enjoy hearing about how to reinvent themselves thank you for joining us and hope you'll enjoy joining us next time Thank you.